it goes a long way. Amen. And um, I just, just appreciate so many of you. I appreciate all of you for that matter. Let's get into the word of God. I hope I haven't forgotten anything. No. Amen. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, the New Living Translation. When you get there, say amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, the New Living Translation. Verse 12 says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations, verse 13, in your life are no different from what other, others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can endure. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you and I can endure. I want to talk around the subject part two. This is an emergency exit. An emergency exit. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we acknowledge your peace, your presence, and your lordship. Even now, Lord, we ask that you would uh, bring our wandering thoughts and minds into subjection to you in the person of your Holy Spirit. Uh, help us to see you once more as a result of this word, your word. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth. Convict, convince, and convert. Get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. And we promise ahead of time to give you back all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With thanksgiving always. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. An emergency exit. We understand in the natural world, emergency exits are important because they provide a clear, safe way to evacuate a building or to avoid impending danger in case of high hazard areas or crisis. An emergency exit is an exit that is used to provide a safe means of escape from a structure or an area in the event of an emergency. And with that being said, there is a spiritual perspective that has to do with emergency exits. And every now and then we all, from the pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor, every now and then we all have to take advantage, should anyhow, 
of the emergency exits that God provides for you and I if you want to avoid trouble spots or trouble areas or conditions. Uh, God says sometimes you got to watch out, look out for people, places, and things. Are you with me? Uh, I'm talking about an emergency exit. Sometimes you need to avoid certain people. Amen, somebody. You can't hang and uh, 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 get comfortable with everybody and anybody. There, there are some places that you need to avoid. Amen. You, you can't go back down. You heard me back down where you used to back down to that place. Uh, there's a thing that sometimes we have to let go of. And in this passage, Paul is warning us against becoming complacent, don't miss that word, in our Christian walk. Uh, God says, don't get overconfident that we are exempt or you think you are exempt from falling into sin. Don't ever get overconfident. Don't get cocky. Don't get uh, be brazen about you've got it all together. Yes, we are blessed. Yeah, we're blessed to be saved. I'm blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. We're blessed to be saved by grace through faith in Christ. And we've been freed, set free from the curse of the law as a result of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. But with all of that being said, again, we don't need, we want to be mindful of complacency. Because the, you can be lulled into a false sense of everything's all right. And you become careless and more vulnerable to the desires of the sinful flesh. You know, older folks still have desires. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just young folk. Older folks still have sinful desires. And we need to be mindful of uh, not being a target or allowing ourselves to be uh, 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 consumed or overwhelmed by the enemy, the devil. The Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We got to be aware of the presence of the emergency exits. I'd venture to say, uh, in the last day or so, or perhaps we were uh, tempted to do something and God provided a way of escape that you didn't have to do what you were tempted to do. See, a complacent person becomes comfortable where he or she is. They become satisfied and content. They think they're able to get through and avoid, but you don't want to do that. You don't want to adopt that mindset or mentality. And if we become complacent and think we're strong in our faith, we can easily fall into sin. So here in this passage, Paul warns the people who think they are beyond the influence of temptation. He says, let him or her who thinks he stands take heed, listen, that he or she does not fall less like the Israelites in ancient times, who became complacent, listen, and they fell into the sin of idol worship and unbelief. 
I hear somebody saying, so what's idol worship back then got to do with idol worship in the 21st century? Well, we still, we, whoever we might be, still worship idols. Yeah, you don't think that's just something, you know. You know, a lot of people uh, associate idol worship, you know, with uh, a, a man or woman building an image, uh, you know, and bowing down to it. Well, there's some 21st century idols, you know. Can, can I give you one? Your identity can be your idol. Did you know that? Your identity might be the biggest idol that's worshipped today. See, as we know from the book of Genesis, man uh, was created in the image of God. In other words, who we are and how we relate to God is wrapped up in our identity. See, being made in God's image has, has a lot of implication. And first and foremost, it identifies, listen, you and I as like God, but not God. Like God, but not God. We are made to be like him, but we are not him. We are copy. He's the master. Am I, am, am I right about it? And one of the problems, listen, in American culture stems from the old, you know, pull yourselves up uh, by your own bootstraps. You know, I, I don't need no help. I don't need nobody. And uh, Americans, I don't know a whole lot about a whole lot of other people, but Americans are known to be individualists. They, they, they you know, don't need anybody else. They're black and white, blue and brown, yellow and brown. And the problem with that kind of thinking is that we are made in the image of a triune God. And what I mean by that is that God is in community with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and you and I should be in community with other people. Amen, somebody. You, you don't, don't tell me you're, you got, listen, that COVID thing it got a lot of people isolating themselves and staying in the house and doing their own thing. And they've taken, see, <laughs> they've taken that COVID isolation piece and extended that beyond. And now that's the thing they do. We, we don't want to go to church and be around people. Mass, you know, yeah, we're supposed to be careful with a man, but the enemy takes that thing and says, if I was you, I wouldn't go to church around those people in the church, but you don't, you still go in the mall. You, 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 you still go in the, in the supermarket. You, you still go to the theater. You still go to a party. You still go to a wedding. You still go, come on, you go there and, and you don't have your all wall to wall people. But somehow the enemy has got folk thinking you can't go in the church. You only catch COVID and other things in the church. And that's a lie from the pit. You got to be careful everywhere. God built us, wired us, made us, created us to be family. Amen, somebody. The church ought to be packed. People have become complacent. I don't need to go there. I got my church in my home. That's only if necessary, if you have to, can't help yourself. You don't use not coming to church anymore as an excuse. And I got and your your hypocrisy 
stinks. You worship individually when we refuse to be in community or fellowship with other people. And whether that is not by not going to church or simply by not loving our neighbors. I don't want nothing to do with nobody no more. God did not save us to live isolated lives. How are we going to proclaim and project the good news if we're not around folk to tell them about it? It don't make sense. Think about it. Your identity is not about you by yourself. Your identity is how you follow and serve the Lord Jesus Christ and bring him glory, praise, and honor. Another idol of identity is our careers. Yeah, I'm messing up now. Nothing wrong with our careers, but our careers should not define who we are. No, no. A, 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 a genuine, a true man or woman of God is defined or seen in the personal behavior uh, and, and, and how they reflect their walk with the Lord. Amen. You, you just can't talk it. You got to walk it. Am I right? You ever seen somebody that talk, talk, talks about how, you know, the Lord this, but you can't see that in application. Uh, idols, idols, careers, identity. It's all kind of ways that we might still worship idols. You don't want to do that. Physical appearance, everybody's about the body. Supposed to keep the body in shape and all that. But you got folk now that idolize the body. Everything is about the body. They want a new nose. They want a new face. They want high cheeks. They want low cheeks. They want <laughs> a donkey on the back. I'm trying to be nice. Everybody trying to fix up. Sharon, watch yourself. They're trying to fix up stuff. Physical appearance. Then they want to paint it up. Stamp it up. Got folk now. It used to be on the arms and legs. Now the whole face. How you think you, you look a mess at 20? What you think you're going to do in 40 if you get there? Everything starts to drop. Idol of physical appearance, entertainment, sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Technology, phones, idols. Don't tell me we don't still worship. Some folk won't be, you can't listen. I've got to be careful. I don't idolize my phone. I can't move. Where's my phone? Y'all, y'all, leave out the house. Honey, you, where, where my phone? I, I got to turn, but we five minutes away. Look, I got to get my phone. I don't, y'all ain't with me. I don't worship. What do we do with before we got the cell phone? Smartphone, dumb phone. Sometimes God says, I need to let you leave your phone. TV won't work. You're about to have a fit. You're going to listen. Go to uh, spend a night in a hotel. I don't know how much that's going to cost because you can't watch TV at home. Or you're going to spend a night and bug somebody at their house because you don't have a. F yeah. I don't worship. God says, I'll give you an emergency exit. 
We have to keep our spiritual guard up. Am I right about it? I love verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10, and God says, I'm going to help you out. It says, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you and I can endure. And that word endure means we have to sometimes wrestle with whatever the temptation is. See, we don't like to wrestle. But God says we got to wrestle and he'll, he'll give us the power to overcome and not succumb to that which is overwhelming you at the time. Understand, it's not so much about the temptation, but it's more about not surrendering. Y'all see the difference? Everybody's going to be tempted. Pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor. We're tempted sometimes to talk about people. Y'all looking at me funny. I heard another woman preacher say, and she's a female woman. My wife heard it too. She said, women, you know how we are. Before we talk, we got to look you up and down to see what you're wearing. She started saying stuff that women would relate to because the women, she was at a woman's kind. They was all shouting. She said, you know how we are. We, we look at you and see how your makeup is and who you're with and all that kind of stuff before we decide we, if we're going to say hello. We get caught up, tempted to talk about other folk. I know nobody in here, but it's easy to talk about other folk. But it would be more difficult to talk about somebody else if you had a mirror and looked at yourself while you were talking to somebody else. Talking about the way her, her nose is. Look at your nose. Uh, let, me, let me move on. I, I lost some of you. <laughs> Emergency exit. I said, don't talk about everybody all the time. Y'all talk, what he got on, how he look, how much weight. He always talking. Pray for me. Amen, somebody. We're all subject to temptation, just as Jesus was in the wilderness. But he was able to resist. He did. Am I right about it? Let us first, uh, verse 13 again says, the temptations in your life are no different from what other people had to go through or experience. I know sometimes we think I'm the only one. You don't know how hard it is. No, you're not the only one. How'd she do it? And see, iron sharpeneth iron. You can't tell everybody your struggles, but God will place somebody in your life that you can share with. You need to pray, Lord, send him or her that I can uh, 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 talk to him or her about my struggles and not have to worry about whether or not she or he going to put my stuff out. Am I right? You ever need somebody to talk to about struggle? Anybody here ever, the last six months struggled with something? Yeah, don't tell me what it is. Ain't none of my business, but we struggle. But you need to know you're not the only one. Am I right about it? God says, I want you to know with your struggle, there is an emergency exit for you and me. We still mess up. Everybody messes up. Say, so what I need an emergency, you because you, you, you're subject to mess up. Thought, word, or deed. But there's a way out from those sometimes seemingly uh, irresistible 
pulls of temptation. And sometimes when you least expect it, you'll find yourself caught up in a decision whether or not you're going to yield to the temptation or avoid it. Sometimes you got to run. You say you can't run, you better walk fast or something. Skip, hop, <laughs> call for help. <laughs> Amen. Believers, we get tempted, and sometimes we think our first thought is usually some form uh, when we get tempted, enticement to sin. But the word translated temptation in the New Testament can also mean trial or test. Amen, somebody. And the context determines whether the meaning of the word is solicitation to evil or test of our faith. James chapter 1, the word temptation occurs in both verses 2 and 13. In verse 2, the context clearly demonstrates the meaning is test of our faith. While in verse 13 of James 1, the obvious meaning is solicitation to evil. Could go either way. See, the devil will tempt you to fall. God will allow the temptation test so that you'll stand. Amen, somebody. I know how difficult it is to weather temptation, but you feel so much better. Anybody ever weathered the temptation and didn't yield to it? And after you weathered it, and even though it was difficult, you were glad that you didn't do what you were thinking about doing with who you were about doing it with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Emergency exits. One Baptist preacher said the difference between being tempted and being tried or tested. He says temptation conveys the idea of appealing to the worst part of a person. And the trial or test appeals to the better part of a man or woman. Am I right about it? The temptation says you do this because it feels good and seems right, even though you know it's wrong. Anybody other than me ever done something you know? I'm asking too much of your business. Anybody here? I didn't say what it was. You knew it was wrong. You was going, okay, let's make it. You were going to cut somebody out on your way and you knew it was wrong but you said i'm gonna get them anyhow and then you cussed them out and you felt bad after you did it because you forgot to understand that was your testimony on the line are you gonna tell me about jesus saved can he save you can't save your mouth let me move on talking about emergency exits we need to understand Jesus was tempted can't say you're the only one Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11 the New Living Translation says that Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted verse 1 says then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there in the wilderness by the devil. I'm reading Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11, New Living. 
And during the, verse 2 says, for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. You think you can last 40 days, 40 nights? And during that time, verse 3, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scripture says, remember that anchor of the word? The scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word. I tell you, those anchors is really handy. That comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if, here we go with that if stuff, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. See how the enemy will try to pervert and change the word of God and, and, and isolate it and, and make you just pick and choose little sections. And it says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Look at Jesus responding. He says the scriptures also say you must not test or tempt the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak. The devil's unrelenting. He keeps coming. But God says, your word, my word, is an anchor to keep you from. See, see he will come and throw the word at you. Well, God said this, that, do. No, the God says, wait a minute. God didn't say you can't get a drink and get high. No, God says, be not drunk with wine where it is in excess. So God says, don't let me drink. So I'm drinking where now I'm controlled by what I'm drinking. So don't come tell me about, he ain't saying nothing about, look, he had wine at the wedding. I heard people say he drank wine. That, that, that stuff was diluted. More water. Somebody said, I don't like that wine. Well, that's what it was. I wouldn't have drank that back in the day, the water down. I'm too busy on that other guts, Tiger Rose stuff. Thank you, somebody. Amen. Y'all act like y'all always out. Come on. Come on. Devil says, I will give it all to you, verse 9, if you will kneel down and worship me. Jesus told him in verse 10, you got to rebuke him. Get out of here, Satan. Got to tell the devil, get out of my house. Leave my children alone. Take your hands off of me. Take your hands off of my husband, off of my wife, off of my daughter, off of my son. He, he might have a gripper. Loose him and let him go. Don't give up on your children, y'all. They might be a pain, but keep on praying. The prayers is keeping them from getting worse. You think they're bad now, they would get worse if you didn't pray for them. Y'all better hear God's. Don't you stop praying. The devil wants you to give up and stop praying. No, you can't come to my house, but I'm going to pray from you where you are because prayer transcends all kind of boundaries. Say, get out of here, Satan. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The Bible says, thank God, in verse 11, then the devil went away after Jesus insisted on accurately applying the scripture. 
after the devil knew that you wasn't just pulling words out of a hat, you got to know that you 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 know. Don't act like you don't know because he'll keep coming. You got a devil, you a liar. I know what God says. Worship him and him only. I'm not going to worship you. No, no, no. The devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. God will minister to you, my sons and daughters. And uh, when, when the enemy comes, at, God will minister. Anybody, God will pick you up. Turn you around and place your feet on solid ground. I'm talking about emergency exit. Give me five minutes. I started after 11. The key to victory over sinful temptations is to remember and not forget some important things. And as I hasten to close, I want to give you four primary things to remember. Y'all want to get this and then we'll be done. At the very least, there's some things in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that will give us what we need so that we can experience more victory than defeats in our walk. First of all, remember our position. Verse 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your, here we go, faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. I'm in James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. Verse 4 says, So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God blesses people who patiently wait and endure testing and temptation. God wants us to know after we've been tested or tempted, we'll receive a crown of life that God has promised to everyone who love him. No one needs to live their lives under the dominion of sin and the devil. Am I right about it? We need to understand you've got to make a choice. The enemy will come at you, but you've got to decide whether or not I'm going to listen to him or am I going to refer to the word. Remember, Job chose to take a spiritual emergency exit after he lost his children. We were talking about that in Bible study. He lost his children, his livestock, his servants, his possessions to tragedy and even after his wife. I'm not going to blame her. She just was frustrated. She said, I can do good or bad all by myself. I, come on. Any woman ever thought that? Don't raise your hand. Listen. <laughs> I, I, I can do I ain't looking at nobody either I, if he can't do no better than that I, I might well be by myself anybody ever knew somebody that thought that raise your hand don't have to implicate yourself <laughs> I can do this by myself struggle yeah the wife told him listen I know you had it 
before, but we ain't got nothing. Why don't you curse God and die? Pastor pointed his thing thinking, look, I can get me somebody else. (laughs) Somebody said, no, no, I ain't going to go through this again. He could have taken the sinful root of anger and bitterness because of his losses. But the Bible said, Job in chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says, Then Job, verse 20, arose, tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and he worshiped the Lord. He said, Naked I came from my mom's womb, and naked shall I return there. He said, The Lord gave me, and this the Lord has taken away. But blessed, blessed, I ain't gonna cuss God. Blessed. I'm not going to get bitter at God. Bless it. I'm not going to get angry at God. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it be the name of the Lord. Oh, I'm trying to close. I'm talking about emergency exits. Uh, We all need to take advantage of emergency exits. I believe somebody's listening to this message this morning so that you don't mess up this afternoon. At the game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. God don't want you to go too far to the left. To the right. There's some sort. Take it to the left and say, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 get too far. No, no. Bam, bam, boom, boom, boom. Y'all know. See, the enemy get ready to mess with me. Man. Help me, Holy Ghost. Wow. That's that thing I got up and started dancing for Sister Calhoun the other week at the wedding when they put that song on. Lord have mercy. Don't tell me we ain't too far away from succumbing. Lord, that's why I say pray for me. Pray for me. I'm talking about emergency access. Let me hurry and get out of here. We need to remember our position, but secondly, we need to remember our provider. I'm almost done. The Lord is the one who provides an escape route from temptation. Am I right about it? The Bible says that he will provide or make a way of escape that we may be able to bear those sometimes overwhelming temptations. And understand the timing of temptation. Usually when temptation happens, it's usually after God has blessed you. Y'all better hear it. God is blessing Look out for the devil to try to come to mess with you. If anybody's been blessed lately, I'm not telling you to get down, but remember, after the blessing comes the testing. Amen. You you know what uh, the devil said about Job. Well, he's going to keep on doing the right thing because he got all of this stuff. You didn't bless him. I bet you if you take away all of that stuff, I bet you he won't keep on praising you. But he found out God needs some praises up in this house. God needs somebody that's going to praise him in spite of and not because of. Is there any praises up in here? I, I might be disappointed. I might be disgusted. I might get upset. But I refuse. I'm not going to put God down. If I be lifted up, I'm going to lift him up. If I be lifted up, I'll draw. I'll draw. I'll draw all men unto myself. Oh, let me hurry up here. Ah, Not only position and provider, but remember our promise. 
the way of escape is to go before, here we go, the throne of grace and pray so that we might, here we go, find grace in the time of need. The way of escape, I got to repeat this, is to go before the throne of grace and pray so that you might find grace. I believe that's Hebrews 4.16. I, I believe that. In other words, before we fall, it is Hebrews 4.16. Before we fall or when we become weak and vulnerable to deception and sin, we have God's promise that we shall receive grace, which is his strength and help at the right time. How many times we say he may not get there when you want him, but he's always on time? Anybody know that God is always? Uh, somebody say he's always on time. It might not seem like it. I'm waiting on God now to do some things. And God seems like he, he's slow, but I, I keep giving him his word. God, you said you may not come when I want you to, but you're never late. You're always on time. So I, I, I've got the anchor of his word and God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. Don't go by what Pastor Pointer said. Go by what God says. That's why I tell you to take notes. Go back and look at what I said God said. Am I right about it? Uh, Hebrews 4, I'm almost done. Verse 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will find, we will receive, here we go, his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That's a promise. He says we can receive mercy. You need mercy. Before you can get the grace, y'all. Don't act like you don't need no mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on my child. Lord, have mercy on my brother. Lord, have mercy on my pastor. Lord, have mercy on my church. Lord, have mercy. 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 I didn't give you didn't give me what I should have got. You had mercy. And after mercy comes grace in the time of need. Uh, God says, I know what you need. Mercy is the first thing. Am I right about it? And then the grace comes. That's his favor, his strength, his help, his counsel, his direction, and his support. Am I right about it? Let me give you this last thing because we need to go home. Not only our position, not only remember our provider and remember his promise, but lastly, remember our prospect. What is the bottom line to all of this? Prospect, P-R-O-S-P-E-C-T, prospect. What's the end of all of this? In other words, the bottom line and result of the man or woman of God who endures until the end, God wants you to know You'll be a blessed man. You'll be a blessed woman whom God is pleased with. Don't you want to hear him say, well done? Anybody in here, uh, your labor is not in vain. You want to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
enter. Come on. I, I don't want to just make it into glory by the fires on my behind. I want to get into there because God says, come on in, son. Come on in, daughter. You, you were obedient. You endured some stuff. You didn't give up. You didn't give way. You didn't surrender. You kept lifting me up. You remembered if he be lifted up, Jesus. There's power in that name. There's glory in that name. There's healing in that name. There's mercy in that name. There's grace in that name. There's hope in that name. There's help in that name. There's healing in that name. There's deliverance in that name. There's everything I need in that name. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? You need an emergency exit. I need an emergency exit. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Hallelujah. An emergency exit as we rest on our feet, those who can. The Bible categorizes hard times can be joyful times. If you place your faith and trust in the right person. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop, stop trying to understand why and what God is doing, Pastor Pointer and everybody else. Stop trying to figure out. If you're doing the right thing, you don't have to be perfect. Just strive to do the right thing. Is anybody here? I know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but are you, you, you want to is working. Anybody want to do right? Anybody want to do right, even though I don't always do? God says you can look forward to not only the crown of life and eternity, but you can look forward to him blessing you on this side. Can I get a witness? The Bible says in Titus 3 and 5, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Verse 5 says, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God has extended toward us mercy, even after salvation. But we don't want to assume that everybody here under the sound of my boy or out there watching, See, when you listen to the word or when you hear the word and you don't obey the word, you don't respond properly. You remember I preached not too long ago, the Bible says, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I tell you to do? Had a nerve to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do? No. The first thing you need to do is acknowledge that you're a sinner. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the first thing we need to do if you haven't done it. Acknowledge I'm a sinner and I need, I want to be saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be right now saved. Is there anybody in here that has not acknowledged that they're a sinner and you want to be saved? Out there, what about you? Is there one in here you're not saved and you want to be saved? Because the Bible says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, no boy or girl can get to my Father in heaven except by me. That's what Jesus said. He's the truth. Second call, you're already saved, 
but you don't have a church home. The doors of ABC is open to you. Stop talking about you looking for a perfect church, a better church. You still trying to uh, grow and you still want to learn. No, God says take what you already have and apply that. Why would I give you more truth if you won't handle and obey the truth that I've already given? Is there somebody here that you don't have a church on? Right there. You see on the headings on the bottom of the screen. There's a way that you can become a part of this fellowship. Stop looking for perfect perfection in this church. You don't have perfection in your home. How dare you look for perfection in the body of Christ. We're all a piece of work for lack of a better word. We're all still trying to grow in the grace and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Third and last call. We're already not saved. You don't have a church home. Door's still open. Third and lastly, you're a backslider. Out of fellowship. God wants to restore you back to the joy of your salvation. Is there one? I didn't say you just made a mistake. We all make mistakes. But your whole lifestyle is turned outward away from God. God wants you to get back on the street called street. You want to be restored back to the joy that you once experienced. Anybody, any of those calls? Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Thank you for reminding us of the emergency exits that you have already placed in our pathway, that you have already given us, that we might be able to use them to keep from falling. Even now, Lord, bless each and every family that's represented here and those that are listening, listening attentively, social media-wise. We say yes to your will, your word, and your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray with thanksgiving always. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. We are dismissed. Thank <laughs> you.